Hello gamers and welcome to Weekend Rental episode 14. My name is Ryan and with me today we've got Andy. Hello. And Justin. Hey everyone. So as always, we are going to kick this podcast off with the latest installment of Buy, Rent, Burn. This is the segment of the podcast where each one of us selects a game. Uh, in this case, it's Sega Master System games. We each uh, play all the games and then decide which of those games we would personally buy, rent, or burn. Um, Andy has gone with Fantasy Zone. Uh, Justin has selected Time Soldiers. And I have gone with Enduro Racer. Uh, so first we'll go back through and just hear a little bit about everyone's game, kind of start the discussion there. So we will start off uh, with Fantasy Zone. I'll read a description here from the back of the box. This was a game released in 1986. The description says, Take command of the spaceship Opa Opa and blast your way through various fantastical levels as you try to take out all the enemy bases in each stage. Once you've destroyed the bases, you'll have to beat the stage boss in order to move on to the next level. By using your guns and bombs wisely, you'll be able to take down the enemies and explore each of the crazy environments in this side-scroller. You can also buy upgraded weapons for your ship by accessing the shop. Uh, does that seem accurate, Andy? Yeah. I mean, it obviously doesn't go into a lot of the quirkiness of it, but that's pretty straightforward to what that game is. Yeah, it left off the hyper-cuteness, but... Yeah. So yeah, Fantasy Zone. Uh, another name for my bedroom. <laughs> hey The thing that's different is you can go forward and back, and you can scroll both ways. Um, something that's that's kind of unique to that type of game. Uh, there's a few other ones out there. Obviously, Defender Arena, huge influence on that. But I mean, the colors are just like ultra hyper, right? Kind of pastel, but also like very bright. It's probably the brightest game on the Master System for sure. Um, yeah, that's one thing that really sticks out to me is the the, the just the color palette in that game, um, but also like the character designs and are just kind of off the wall too. It's a little bit tough to figure out what you're doing. Like right off the bat, it's not real apparent what you're supposed to be doing. It's a lot of shooting things, collecting money, but after that, you're like, well, what do you do? Well, there's these bigger things that are the bases, they call them. And you shoot them, and you can warp to different sections of the level, find the shop. Eventually, once you get all the bases, you warp to the boss, beat the boss, and it goes to the next level. Um, but the thing I don't like about it is it seems like a lot of the power-ups are almost limited, a limited time. And that's just a bummer for kind of like working your way up to that and then just, you know, I don't know, losing it without dying, you know? Yeah, I guess like what bothers me, I like the visual art style. I like that when your ship gets too close to the ground, it sprouts legs and walks. Um, but I think <laughs> yeah. what bothers me about this game and something like Defender is that I don't get a real sense of progression. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. It gets a little old after a while. I think that's where I struggle with it. I mean, it, the mechanics are all solid. It's just, I feel like, you know, I'm just going in this endless loop of kind of an old school arcade style game. Yeah. And you're like warping in between and there's no real clear way of how you get to the end. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I do love like, I mean, the controls are a little bit, I don't know, 
they're pretty solid, but at the same time, they're a little bit loose. Um, but yeah, if you just like land on the ground, you're just walking around. It's almost like a platformer where you're just kind of like shooting on the ground. It's pretty good. I feel like controls were better than some other games I've played of that style. But. Are you murdering small children at your house? Yeah, they're going insane upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> they're just so excited for Fantasy Zone. <laughs> Those are screams of joy. <laughs> Have you guys played any of the other versions of this, like NES or anything? No, it, it kind of blows my mind that that came out on the NES. I mean, they were by that time they were pretty strict competitors, right? And this is a Sega game, so it's kind of strange that they put that out even under the yeah. Tengen license. It had been a while since I played the NES version, but like it was pretty much what I remembered. I think you know the Master System version might be a little more colorful because I think the color palette's a little bit better on that system. But yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a solid enough game. I just I prefer the shooters where it's just straight up stage progress and boss move instead of the cycling back and forth. But it at least changes it up a little bit from what the norm is. Right. Yeah. And like, it was kind of funny because after we made this pick, I had to make sure that everybody was playing this one instead of there was one called fantasy zone, the maze for the master system, which is just basically a Pac-Man clone. And (laughs) I didn't want to be representing that game. (laughs) (laughs) I have not played that one, but it doesn't sound good. No. You tried to find that ROM? Yeah, the only one I had was the one that you picked. I, like, okay. I want to see the other one, too. <laughs> but I couldn't find it. <clears throat> All right, should we move on to Time Soldiers? I'll <clears throat> read the wonderful description here. So Time Soldiers came out for the Master System in 1989. Description, team up with a friend and join a battle across time and space. The evil space tyrant Gylan has attacked Earth and turned five of your friends into energy balls as the leader of the earth command troopers. Your job is to track down your friends and get them back. The problem is Guyland has scattered them across time in different parts of earth's history. I love this part. You have the D scanner, a device that can guide you through the river of time. You have shoulder mounted cannons and access to even more powerful weapons, but Guyland has the might of the creatures of history turned against you from cavemen to armored attack craft. All will fight you with everything they have. If you succeed in rescuing your friends, you will face the fiercest battle of all Island. Only you stand between earth and total defeat with your mighty D scanner. (laughs) Coincidentally, the D scanner is what I call my bedroom. (laughs) Doesn't have the same appeal as Fantasy Zone, but I like it. Um, yeah, so Time Soldiers, it's top-down, what, running gun type game, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's reminiscent of like Akari Warriors or something. Commando. Yeah. This one was, I don't know, I, I felt like the, the controls were a little bit tougher on this one, because you feel like it should have, like, it came out on arcade too, right? Yeah, so that's what makes this port weird because uh, this is one of those arcade games where it, the control stick also had a turn dial on it. So like your 
you could use the turn dial while you were controlling the character to turn him in like one of 16 directions across the screen. So there it makes really good sense. Like, but with just a D pad on this port, like it's tough to get enemies. You know, it's just hard to line up the angled shots. Like <laughs> it's nearly impossible. And they have the ranged attacks that they do that will kill you. And then, I don't know, I, I struggled really bad with this one. And I figured it'd probably be quite a bit better as an arcade. But the idea behind it, I guess, is similar to most running gun games I've played. <clears throat> yeah, and it's nice. It's kind of cool, too, because, like, they have the time travel, um, you know, thing woven into the story. So it kind of just gives them an excuse to make whatever kind of levels and bosses they want, which I think is probably the most interesting part of it. Yeah, I, I had the same problem where it was... The, the mechanic where you're always shooting the direction that you're moving is just, um, I don't know when you think of like commando and Gunsmoke and all those other games like that, I feel like those, the enemies are always facing forward. Right. Right. Where, so you're only really have to worry about like, you know, the 180 degrees in front of you where this game, I feel like there's guys all the way around you and uh, you, they're shooting just as fast as you. Like, I don't know if you guys got to one point where there's like a Jeep. Yep. And that was near impossible because that Jeep is faster than you. It's shooting almost, almost faster than you. It seems like, and like you just can't get a bullet off on them. You're just constantly strafing running around, but obviously there's no strafing in this game. So you can't really like shoot and move at the same time. It's it, it was near impossible. Yeah, my first time through, I got to that Jeep and like, yeah, you're running, you're running clockwise in a circle around it, trying to get one shot off at like the top of each pass. And then like that was my first run through the game. I think I like two minutes in, I was out of lives. Um, but then my second pass through, I got lucky. I got kind of got on a roll and I got a random drop that from an enemy that spawned me into the boss battle right away. And I warped through time to something else. So you can completely miss that Jeep. And if you do that, you can progress pretty steadily through the game, but I don't know if I just got lucky or, or what my second playthrough. But if you can, if you can at all not have to fight that guy, it's the way to go. Cause that, I agree. That was hell. Yeah. You couldn't even get a shot off on him. No. I wonder if this is kind of like smash TV where you can have the two controllers, right? And you oh, can shoot. That would be that way. I don't know if that's, if that's a thing in this game, but. Yeah, no, it definitely suffers from, you know, that control, you know, precision of control, not being able to translate over. It's pretty rough. Yeah. And when you're used to, you know, first person shooters where you're strafing everywhere and twin stick shooters, it's, it's tough to go back to one of these. Yeah. I thought it looked cool though. I mean, it's, it's pretty visually nice, big sprites for all the enemies, um, for a game of that era. Yeah. I will say like, that's bullshit to be like, you could, your friends turn into anything you know, you could turn them into anything to make it seem like the most evil guy in the world. No, it's energy balls. Like what? Yeah. It's a pretty lame premise. That guy's a jerk. All right. So internal racer released for the master system. 1987. This has a surprisingly long description. Um, it is countdown to adventure. Three, rev your engine. Two, get ready. One, you're off. And this is the wildest race on the toughest courses 
a pro has ever had to cross. Luckily, you're prepared with all-terrain handling and speed of enduro racer. Everything from supersized jumps, competing machines, natural and man-made obstacles will make your journey a perilous one. But you've got one direction, the finish line. So drive your fastest. You're racing against the clock and be careful. Once you're down, it's hard to get back up and you've got only one bike to burn through this demanding track. Now grip those gears, spin those wheels and take the lead to victory. Chilling. I just, (laughs) I don't, I would run out and buy this game after reading that. (laughs) Well, they have something on there. It's not like, uh, you race motorcycles, yo. <laughs> but you couple this with the fact that like the awful box art from the Master System era, like why would anyone buy this game? The front of the box is just a white grid with a wheel. Like it's terrible. <laughs> so basically I feel like Enduro Racer is sort of I guess the Master System's answer to Excite Bike meets rad racer um it feels very much like a sega arcade game you know if you think of like super hang on or something like that it's like that but with an isometric type view um it kind of almost plays out like the um the bonus stage of paperboy in a way where you're just navigating through the course and like hitting the jumps and basically just trying not to crash because if you crash you lose a bunch of time getting back up and this game is not lenient on crashes you really need to have an almost flawless run uh to get to the finish line in time to progress to the next track um, which is easier said than done especially since it's full of opposing vehicles and riders um so it's kind of an intense game and frustrating uh i could only play it in small doses yeah there's a lot of memorization in that uh where you have to at least the stationary stuff you could get kind of a lay of the land on that stuff but uh there's plenty of cars trying to get in your way um in the arcade this is like a super hang on outrun style of view you know so this is like an actual cabinet in the arcade then yeah yeah okay yep. okay um i don't know if it ever came out here but sure but when you think about like turning that view up you know to an isometric view which is kind of interesting like you said the paper boy i didn't think about that i was trying to think of other games that were kind of that same uh diagonal view Mm-hmm. as far as like racing but yeah that's paperboy nails it um when you think about like that outrun style and then putting it out in an isometric view it, it it does make sense like how they split up the tracks kind of left and right sometimes and the jumps and it's just a lot less thrilling in that perspective but i think that's what you had to do in 8-bit yeah i just wish the bike was a little more responsive it's so slow to turn yeah. And in that view, it does make it tough, you know? Seems like it's a huge hitbox for the bike when you're driving by the cars. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, and the cars are just kind of a cheap opponent altogether. I mean, they take up damn near the entire track. Yeah. I do agree, though. I was trying to think of what game it reminded me of, at least for that I played in Paperboy, would be. Yeah, it's the only thing from that generation, like that era that I can think is like even comparable, like at least the way it views and handles for the most part. It does a much better job of like pulling off the pseudo 3D than Paperboy does, I think. But yeah, yeah, it's faster. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about Enduro Racer, to be honest, but um, 
How far did you guys get? <sighs> third, third track. I think I got to the okay. fourth one. Really? Wow. I, I couldn't get to pass the second one. The second one, the key to that is just avoiding everything. Like you, you gotta not hit any of the jumps and then weave back yeah. in through the blocks and then you're mm-hmm. good. But it seems yeah, the blocks intuitive because you're like bypassing a level to win. Right. I think the fourth one has like four or five jumps in a row. And if you hit any of them, you're screwed because you're not going to make the time. Right. Well, that's what it's down to like, you get down like 30 miles an hour after the fourth. Yeah. Jump. Like that's what I kept trying to figure out, you know, cause if you think of something like excite bike where there's strategy to your angle as to how you take off and land and control your bike in the air, like there's nothing, there's no depth with enduro racer. Like you go up a yeah. jump, it slows you down. There's nothing you can do about it. Deal with it. <laughs> it's so lame yeah it's just kind of a very meh racing game <clears throat> even for the time i kind of compare it to like mock rider or rad racer where it's like yeah everybody played those games but did anybody really love those games <laughs> i don't think so yeah <laughs> <clears throat> okay so we heard a little bit about each of these amazing titles should we go back up through, um, make our picks? Andy, you want to kick it off? Yeah. Uh, the the word that you used there, amazing, I don't know if I agree because I'm having a hard time picking one that would be a favorite of mine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll probably pick Fantasy Zone just because I think there's a lot of depth there, even just for a really early shooter like that. Um a lot of different ways you can play that game, but uh, overall it's, it's a little confusing and it gets pretty tough. Um, and oh boy, my rent uh, time soldiers, just because it's as long as you have the people, the people in front of you and you're not really struggling with the controls, it's a pretty fun game. Um, I think if they cut the bullets that the opponent shoot maybe in half, so you're able to have a little bit of a bigger window that would have made all the difference in the world for this game. But overall, I mean, once you get to the time where uh, you're blasting cavemen and they're just like throwing rocks at you and you're just blasting them with basically a bazooka, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> it's a little unfair, isn't it? Right. I can't even imagine what's going through that caveman's head, you know, and you're, He's never seen technology like that before. And all of a sudden he has to grab a rock and defend himself. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, my uh, burn is going to be enduro racer just because uh, it, you play five minutes of that game and I don't think you'll get another minute of enjoyment out of that. That's accurate. I I think I can. (laughs) (laughs) I think you can. Not after just because. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I will say, like, if you like jumps, like you think back when you were a kid and you had your bike, you're like, let's build a badass jump, you know? Like yeah. that's this game. Like you're jumping a lot, and it's pretty awesome in that respect. But that's like <laughs> a couple minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what are what are your picks? Um, well, yeah, this one was tough. Like Andy said, it's it's tough to figure out which one you'd want to consider a buy. Um, I, I don't think 
any of them are exceptionally great games in on this system, I guess. But uh, I do have to go Fantasy Zone just because of how well, I guess, that felt like it played compared to the others. Um, I didn't really find that game as much fun as I was hoping Enduro Racer was going to be. But <laughs> um, it's probably the best game out of these three, in my opinion. So that'll be my buy. Uh, my rent is going to be Time Soldiers, just because I feel that that game has potential, and if the controls would have been just a little bit better, it would have been my buy. Um, it Like everyone's said so far, it's hard to fight the enemies. They get past you, and then they turn around and start shooting you, and you can't do anything. You basically just have to keep running once a couple enemies get behind you, because they're going to kill you. Um, I feel like that one would be quite a bit better on arcade cabinet. Kind of want to try it, but that one would be my rent. Uh, my burn is going to be Enduro Racer, just because that one got super frustrating. Uh, I did play that one probably the most, though. Really? Um, yeah, I, I put probably an hour into it. Jeez, <laughs> man! <laughs> what do you hate yourself? <laughs> I wish I could take that time back, but <laughs> that I really wanted to like that game. <laughs> I just it's can't, like, I, it's on the verge of almost being like good. You can see that there was something there. It's just not yeah. realized. Yeah. When I, when I seen it and I kind of glanced at the game, I was like, well, maybe it's, I was hoping it was going to be more like excite bike, but no, Yeah, I could play excite bike for, that long and actually feel fine about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. Um, so I think I'm going to change it up a little bit, mostly nostalgia fueled though. Um, I used to, so there was like a mall like next town over from where I grew up and they had a time soldiers arcade cab and I would always like beg for a quarter and pop it in like immediately die of course but i was still like fascinated with the game and would just watch the demo on loop after i had lost my quarter uh so it was really cool to play this game again even though it was a pretty botched version um i did find some fun in it though and like once you learn to play around the weaknesses like it's manageable enough so that's going to be my buy um and i don't is it is it two player i assume it is i didn't check but if it's two it players, it could be pretty fun oh yeah that's right i read in the description of course yep. descriptions are never wrong i don't know how it works <laughs> so if it's two player on the screen or if it's the arcade cabinet was two simultaneously so i have to assume that's and if that's the case i could see it being fun couch co-op um to make it worth the purchase uh, yeah. i do like i do like fantasy zone uh, i'm not a overall huge fan though i again like i said i'm not a big defender fan with that style of shooter um so I've sunk more time in a fantasy zone in the past, but it's just not a game I would need to own in my collection. Although I do. Uh, so that's going to be my rent. Uh, and then I just, there's, yeah, there's just no reason you would ever want to buy or rent Enduro racer. Cause if you're renting a game for the weekend, you can only stand five minutes of it at a time. Uh, there's a problem. So I'm just going to go ahead and burn that along with you guys. <laughs> I, th I think it's saving, you know, its biggest strengths are it's a very nice looking and like well-presented 8-bit game. Um, it's just not a fun game to play. 
And that's what sucks. Yep. Yeah. I, I can see where you came from, though, with the Time Soldiers. Like, if I would have played the arcade, I feel like that would have been just enough to push it up for me as well. But Yeah. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, I agree with you guys, though. Like, Fantasy Zone and Time Soldiers are kind of on par in their averageness. Um, in this case, for the Master System, I mean, you, you can't really... It's it's hard to place them, I guess. Right. Least, well, not against Enduro Racer, but against each other. <laughs> <laughs> Enduro Racer just seems like a like a I don't know too arcadey, like almost yeah. like an arcade game that just got ported over, right? Like almost like a Spy Hunter or something like that, you know? Yeah, and like Justin said, like you just having played Excite Bike, like you're just ex- you're just hoping that it's that type of game, and it's just not. Yeah, there's no strategy really. All right, Byron, burn out of the way. What is everyone been up to? What's going on in the world? Anything exciting happening? I don't know. I kind of had my head under under a pile of games. Is it? I haven't been paying attention too much. Um, well, at least you didn't have it under a pile of cardboard like Nintendo wants you to. <laughs> yeah. So what did you guys think about that? Labo. Did you both see the the previews? Yeah. I, I can see where they're trying i think cardboard's a little bit kind of silly i guess (laughs) that's i mean that's the part that i have a hard time with because like i get that this isn't for me and that i'm not excited about it but kids uh, uh, this thing's awesome but then you're like as the parent you you're having to like justify to yourself why i'm gonna pre-order this box of cardboard for eighty dollars and then dump my $300 console into it and let my kids go ape shit with it. Like that's a scary proposition. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, when you, when you think about that total price, it is a lot, but there is a game in there. So if you, if you right. say that it's a $60 game, which it shouldn't be, I mean, then cardboard is 20 bucks, which it's not, it's not as bad then when you think of it that way, but unless you think about one, two switch and consider that was also a $60 game. And when I say game, I, I air quoted that you guys can't see that while we're recording, but I did air quote game around that. Yeah. I've played every game in one, two switch. So I got at least $5 of value out of it. (laughs) (laughs) You play that sandwich eating game every other night and you know it. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Like the Labo stuff is, I, I, I would love for my kids to put it together, but I would be so afraid of them playing with it all the time. Just cause like you said, cardboard and it's like really intricate cardboard where there's like strings and everything going around. And it's just like, yeah, like the guts of that robot suit. I was like, holy crap, mind blown. Yeah. No kidding. But all it takes is like one little thing to like bend over <laughs> and it's like shot, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious on this. I mean, I, I, I have a couple of concerns, like one being the cardboard and the durability of that, especially with the electronics inside. And then, you know, the long term, I know they've said that there's going to be a replacement strategy for, you know, the, the cardboard and stuff. But then on top of that, let's say that the cardboard is like super high quality. It lasts a good long time. Um, which I question because some of that, like the fishing reel, like there's no way that it just looks like that would implode, but I'm getting off topic. Uh, I think my other main concern is just that those were not small kits. 
You know what I mean? That's a lot of stuff to just have laying around your house. I mean, th- think about the space that like everyone had taken up in their living rooms and game rooms with like rock band crap. Like if you bought all these kits, assuming more come out, like are you just going to have a small room filled with cardboard creations for your Nintendo Switch? <laughs> Can't put anything on them. Don't want anything to fall on them. Uh, it, it's interesting to me. I just, I'm curious to see what the long-term I mean, long, I think the strategy is sound in that like every peripheral that's been released, like let's look at like Tony Hawk ride rock band, you know, even amiibo to some extent and like Skylanders and the Lego thing. Like they all come with these add-ons that are hard plastic physical things that take up a ton of space. So like at the end of the day, if you're done with this thing, you know, you can just unfold the cardboard and recycle it. Um, so I think there's something there. Like I think Nintendo is smart with that because it's, it, it isn't going to fill up landfills. I mean, well, it will, but, but you know, it's not this lasting thing that's in your home that you don't want anymore. Like you could totally get rid of it, but I, I don't know. And then I think some of that too, there's, there's the customization piece, right? Like people are going to go nuts with this on the internet. <clears throat> you know, they're probably going to print out, I'd imagine designs that people can just trace and cut and like build their own custom things or like make a piano out of wood that does the same thing as the piano that was made out of cardboard. I mean, people will do some awesome stuff with this. Oh yeah. No kidding. I mean, look at how how the custom amiibo thing really took off and like, I can't even imagine how much work that's, that is. So yeah, people are crazy in that regard. Um, For me, I'm excited to try and trade cardboard into GameStop and see if they'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that should we should do that video on our channel like day one buy a labo kit build it and then bring it in <laughs> and just see what see what they say <laughs> what do you mean this piano's not worth anything it's ridiculous it's been 80 dollars on it. when is uh when does it come out is it like early summer i didn't even really look i, uh, April, I think okay oh yeah 420 that was the other joke right got it yeah I don't know. It, it It's frustrating because like, it's probably not really this way, but you'd think that, you know, Nintendo has a certain amount of resources and money and they're not putting it into like the switch online services and stuff like that, you know, where right. you have a massive success and you're not putting the full support into it that I don't know. Yeah, that is a good point. They're porting Wii U games and building shit out of cardboard and I don't have a virtual store yet. I still, I still have no way to shop your online store. Never mind voice chat. Oh wait, well I guess they technically solved voice chat. So. <laughs> <laughs> or at least Discord did for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. It's just so out of left field to the announcement, but it's 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 very Nintendo. Like it's perfectly Nintendo. Right. This is one of those things that the internet's going to be like, people love it. People are going to mock it. It's just going to be a shit show. I mean, I don't know if you don't like it, don't buy it. I guess I think as a parent, I think it's neat. Right. And I think they, what they maybe did here was like when the switch was kind of first announced, do you remember everybody was like, Oh, they're going to have a whole bunch of custom joy cons depending on games, you know? Mm hmm. And I think they took that idea and be like, well, what if we really blew this out and made like custom anything? Obviously, they had to go the cheaper route with cardboard here to make that happen. But 
I think that's kind of the direction that they were thinking, maybe. I mean, it definitely shows off the versatility of all the extra doodads that they put in there that nobody outside of a couple Nintendo properties is utilizing. I'm like the IR sensor, you know, and the the infrared sensor. And uh, yeah, it's cool. I think it's good that this came out now instead of at launch, because I think that (laughs) that would have made kind of a mockery of their launch. But I think at this point, so... I think one of the things too is that what what the Switch, although the Switch is like a resounding success, what it doesn't have necessarily is that casual market that Wii people like. The Wii got that because everyone could play Wii Sports, right? So like, I think this is the one thing that like somebody who's not gonna buy a Switch otherwise, like a mom or a grandpa or just some kid, could be like, "Wow, look at this cool thing I can build," you know? And maybe they're gonna get some residual like general you know, public interest into, into a product that they wouldn't otherwise, which is great because they know they've already captured the attention of gamers. Oh, right. Yeah. And I mean, it, when you think of just the fact of building these too, like I, I would put a lot more, uh, into this than like Legos, like Legos are fun, just as fun to build, but there's not like a lot of systems and interactions and being able to see how this machine actually works. Like I think this one would, you know? Right. And cardboard hurts a whole lot less to step on. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. I don't know. It's $80 worth of cardboard. Yeah. It's That's more true. like, it's more like a mental hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's an article I was reading about it. And uh, that's what they're describing is the building process of the whole cardboard items and stuff is what they're kind of hoping that would get, I guess, parents involvement with the kids. I don't know who it was by, but I I can kind of see that reasoning behind it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I'm excited about. I think I will probably grab these kits and build them with my kids. I mean, they're pretty, it's a pretty smart way to get kids to do something different with video games, you know, besides like a shitty, like Mario's lost in time or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And it's going to get, like you said, it's going to get those parents that are like, video games are bad, but here's something that might be somewhat educational, you know? Video games bad, cardboard good. It's preparing the homeless of the future. (laughs) (laughs) Why live in just a box? You can do so much more. (laughs) I knew you were going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... What games have you been playing then, Andy, if you've been under this <clears throat> mound of video games? Uh, I've been trying to just knock off some games that are just a little bit shorter um, that I missed kind of last year. Uh, I played all the way through Uncharted Lost Legacy, which is it's basically just an Uncharted game with two two uh, women characters from previous games. Um, they kind of like threw them together. Like they don't really seem like they would fit, but. Overall, at the end of the game, it's it's really good. You guys played any Uncharted games at all? Yeah, I played the first two. I beat the first one all the way through. Okay. They're fun. They're fun games. I've only played a little bit of one of them. I don't know which one it was even. I'm not a huge fan of it. But I think I have the collection that came with the PlayStation. From my little brother. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, those games are they're fun to me in the way that, like, watching a movie is fun. Like I, I, I play them more for like the story and the set pieces than I do the actual game gameplay. Cause I, I, to be honest, I never found 
I have the same problem with Uncharted as I have with Gears of War, where I'm just ducking and crouching and popping up and shooting and popping up and shooting. Like it, it's fun. It's competent, but it's not the reason I go play that game. You know, yeah. it's the world. It's the story. That's what I'm there for. Yeah, I actively like do not like the shooting in Uncharted. Other than like the multiplayer is actually not too bad, but like when you mix that in with that story and that kind of like navigation on the mountainside and all that stuff, like it just doesn't fit. Like there's always like that arena that you see ahead of you and you're like, okay, this is where I shoot guys, you know? And it's (laughs) (laughs) other than that, uh, I played all the way through Marvel vs. Capcom, the new one, just because (laughs) I don't know. It seems ridiculous that they actually put like a real story together or why the universes of Marvel and Capcom are together. It's really stupid. (laughs) But, uh, and oh my gosh, the character designs, they used to be awful and they didn't get much better. Like they fixed a lot of them, obviously. Like the the big one was Chun-Li, her, that almost became a meme for how bad she looked. Oh, really? Would they make her thighs even bigger or what? No, her eyes were like completely off. It was like some of the worst character design I've ever seen of, you know, a character that all it's been around for decades, you know? Right. It has an established, an established look. Yeah. Right. But I mean, they, they polished them up a little bit, but they're still pretty awful. Like Captain America, his, his like neck muscles come up over the top of his ears. Like <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's genetically enhanced, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. <that> makes sense. <laughs> but they really nailed the veins on his dick, so you know, it really, <laughs> the detail there was not lost. I w- I haven't been able to pull off that super move yet. But... <laughs> I'll, I'll text you the code after the podcast. <laughs> you mean the place to buy the code, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> spoilers is just linked to a gay porn site so <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know why i that was a dumb game and i shouldn't have wasted my time with it but i don't know i like fighting game stories and then other than that i just don't enjoy playing fighting games if there's not something else with it <laughs> i think you're one of like three people in the world who's ever uttered that sentence i don't know i like fighting game stories <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> that's the draw of fighting games it's it's kept them relevant all these years right all those times i'm like why are these people fighting i need to know i don't know that i've ever played a story in a fighting game where that actually answered any of that that's true (laughs) it's interesting but how do you know like if you play a basic old uh fighting game you don't know if you're the good guy or the bad guy you're just fighting another person that's true that's a good point (laughs) Other than that, like, here's something that I wanted to bring up about how awful the world is getting about, like, rebooting things. And, like, we're actively rebooting things that were, like, massive failures. And we're acting like it's, like, the greatest thing again. If you talk about Bubsy, how dare you? I mean, that's that's one of them, for sure. Okay. Um, I was going to go in a different direction here with uh, something that's outside of video games, but the xfl oh my god i kind of loved that that announcement because the rumors were around right right and i loved that that announcement officially came out right and it oh my gosh i watched the i was just at a computer when they did the announcement and they had like a live stream of the guy like answering questions 
And it seemed like the worst possible idea that they ever came up with because they have no idea what they're doing. And uh, every question was like, Hey, are they, what are you going to do about people who like, you know, kneel during the stand, (laughs) the national anthem, you know, it's like, Oh, that seems like a bad idea to take questions like this on something that's coming out like two years from now. And you have no idea what you're doing, but it's so funny. Like you said, to reboot something that essentially nobody remembers. Like, remember the XFL, the what now? Right. CFL? No, that's a different thing. That's Canada. <laughs> There's a thing, or it's like a meme or whatever. It's like, well, at least now people can have their correct names. He hit her. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he killed him. Uh, I just like... Uh, I, who was it? Game Attack, which broke off of Screw Attack. It's now um, Craig and uh, that Sean Sean guy. But they did like a live stream reaction to the to the announcement. And I just kept thinking the whole time. I'm like, I bet Craig is just like secret, secretly hoping they're gonna bring back like Slam Ball now. <laughs> yeah. he's, gonna, he's gonna get back in the league. Go pro again. You're like fuck video games. I'm going back to Slam Ball, bitches. <laughs> I mean, do they have invest? Like, they, this is funded, right? Like, they got backing and everything to do this. And well, I'm sure it's all from the WWE money. You know, it's the same. I'm sure he's like taking money out of there to fund this. I don't right. know. Who knows? Seems like a bad idea. Wasn't it like a lawsuit or something as to why he had to shut it down the first time? Oh, maybe I don't know. Probably. I know they had like very poor because uh, you know they televised everything. And I know they had like really bad. Uh, viewership after the like the first game so i know that they were losing like any interest from that you know side of the arena but i mean that's kind of you can kind of almost get away with that now because you can you could stream stuff if you can't get like a national you know network to televise your games which the, maybe they won't have a problem this around either right <clears throat> so i think yeah like when you don't have something like that back when they launched the original xfl like if you're not getting advertiser dollars and stuff i mean that's you were hosed but yeah, I, I do. I, I do recall there being a number of lawsuits. There's also a thing too. Um, some of the players that aren't in the league anymore for the NFL was an article about them. They should try out for the XFL, but I guess that they can't if they have a felony um, by the whatever rules that he has in place for the WWE is. Oh yeah, carrying over, and they can't have anybody with a felon a felony on the record. Huh. So that's kind of that's already a step up from the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that's a wrong way to go, though. Like what he should have done to to get all the good players. You know, if you're if you're suspended that week in the NFL, you should be eligible to play in the XFL that week. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, otherwise, what's the X for? (laughs) Straight edge? Like that's not cool. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. This is. I, I'm very curious. Like I am not a sports guy, and even I'm curious to see where this goes. Yeah, it's it's just funny how he doesn't have anything planned about it. Um, but yeah, and the other rumor I read today that McDonald's is bringing like the Arch Deluxe back, which is like one of their greatest failures in of all time. Like it still goes back to like how they marketed it wrong, and like I it's it just blows my mind that we're getting to the point where we've rebooted everything that was somewhat okay. Now we're just, <laughs> I, I, I don't care about this cause I'm currently in a beef with McDonald's because oh. they, they change up their menu. Cause 
quick question. Everyone should know this. It's the best thing on the menu. What's the number? What's value menu item number two? What's value meal number two? The double cheeseburger or two cheese? Two Fuck cheeseburgers. Yeah, it's two cheeseburgers. You know what's not there anymore? <laughs> two fucking cheeseburgers. It's a quarter pounder with cheese. It's not even an option. They didn't give it a new number. It's just gone. <laughs> Fuck you, McDonald's. <laughs> I don't eat McDonald's. It's been part of my life for thirty-five years. I can't switch it up now. What's wrong with you? I literally blanked ordering at the drive-thru. An adult man couldn't finish my order because I didn't. I couldn't comprehend what I was looking at. That's bullshit. Now you're like, can I get a cheeseburger meal and one cheeseburger? <laughs> like, take that quarter pounder, shove it up your ass, and give me two two cheeseburgers, lady. It's just yeah, so pissed. I haven't been back since. <laughs> Of all the reasons to finally not go to McDonald's, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was the fact that I can't get two nasty, salty little cheeseburgers. Bastards. So what was the deal with McDonald's Deluxe? Like it was a premium, it was like their premium version of a burger, right? Like it was the high end hamburger. Yep. I think they were doing like the whole Hardee's thing where they were like trying to make super, a super burger and man, they pushed the hell out of it marketing wise and it just bombed. Yeah. I mean, I guess these places have to try something, right? Right. But like, why, why even go back to that? You know, like, <laughs> just make something new. I don't That's know. true. I guess even, even if you fail, the name is worth something, I guess. I don't know. Like you can just use a different name and have the exact same burger and see if it is a success this time. It's <laughs> yeah. true. Maybe they should just try like venison burgers or something weird. You'd have to pay more for the burger. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Well, it'd still be like fifty cent, like corn or fifty percent cornmeal and water, so probably wouldn't cost too much more. Aren't they doing like a new chicken burger or something too? Oh, I don't know. Somebody was talking about it at work the other day. Kind of funny because people are having conversations about McDonald's menu, and we're having one here. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't expect to hear two in one week, but. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about McDonald's at least twice a week. I don't know what you guys. <laughs> I mean, I think tomorrow we we head out there and pick it. Say we want our two cheeseburgers back. Yeah. That's right. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. <clears throat> so this is kind of off topic, but I want to run this by you guys because I or, feel you guys on this. I thought it was kind of amazing. So like every once in a while, I'll just get in like a weird YouTube thing where I just kind of go down the rabbit hole. Like I'll, I'll start watching a video and it leads to, you know, the next recommended thing. And this week I started watching a bunch of like documentaries, like on vice and then noisy, which I don't know if that was a different, I assume that was something different, but it was, it predates like a lot of the vice stuff, like documentaries on like New York hardcore and like all this like early punk stuff. And I ended up watching this three part, documentary on um black metal but it was like not just black metal it was one man black or one man black metal bands so these like black metal bands that like it's seriously like the sketchiest dudes you've ever seen that just live like they're man they were creepy uh they just you know live by themselves they record all these albums like most of them and put out like a dozen like albums like by themselves recording every part which the headspace you have to be in to be that kind of a person. I mean, not that I'm judging black metal, like as a concept, like I'm not into black metal, but like, I like death metal and stuff to some extent, but 
it's one thing when you're in a black metal band, there's like a band, you know what I mean? But to like create that all yourself, like you got to be a pretty interesting individual. Um, but anyway, what was crazy is they're interviewing this guy, uh, Jeff Whitehead. And apparently he's, he's like the guy who makes Leviathan the, the, is his death metal band that he releases stuff under. Apparently as he was growing up, he was kind of like a homeless kid in and out of foster homes. Well, he got into skateboarding in like the late eighties, early nineties. And he is actually the pro skateboarder on the cover of skater die two for the NES. <laughs> and now he's like this prolific, like one man black metal, like legend <laughs> with this <laughs> Leviathan. Band. And I was like, really? Like that is such a weird fact. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I got a little like creeped out by those dudes though. Oh yeah. When, when you said one man band, I am thinking like those guys that have like a, a drum strapped to their back and, like, <laughs> and then all dressed up like a goth guy. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a way better black metal band. <laughs> like just like this really happy, like circus music and you're like screaming about Satan and suicide. And, like, this doesn't fit. <laughs> Yeah, when I was like, "Wow, that's that's an awesome gaming fun fact that I did not expect to come out of this like very dark documentary series." <laughs> wow, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's gonna be a Jeopardy question someday. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on the cover of Skater Die Two? It's sketchy if you get into that rabbit hole too much on YouTube. Yeah, you can find some interesting stuff. I quickly transitioned into another route though. And it was like Minnesota jet ski or crashes into a boat, which then led to <laughs> Minnesota fishing boat, get shot, <laughs> caught on camera. So I was like, Oh, this is like a really different direction than where I came from, but I'm liking it. <laughs> the, the, the boat shooting one was hilarious. It's like two dudes like casting. And then you can hear this like 22 in the background. And then all of a sudden, and the guy like jumps, he's just like screaming at these kids offshore what the hell are you doing? What are you shooting at? <laughs> a tree. He's like, you shot my fucking boat. <laughs> I'm like, how are you not killing these kids? Like they just like this bullet ricocheted two feet off your foot. But yeah. Is the recording from in the boat? Yeah. Yeah. Cause for whatever reason, they must have had a GoPro, I suppose to record their fishing mounted on the uh, like static cam. But yeah, the guy in the front of the boat is like recording and they're right offshore and you just see it like tinker enough. The trolling motor, like, two feet from this guy's leg. It's so crazy. Wow. Yeah. YouTube. I think that would be the last place you get shot is in the middle of the Right. <laughs> On a boat. Yeah. If you were all like duck hunting in your boat, like that's one thing, but just straight up fishing. It's nuts. It's pretty clear, clear how we come to our movie choices. I think we explained our whole process there. <laughs> yeah. The whole process is just let the internet guide you. That's 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 the secret to life. <laughs> Don't think about it. <laughs> Anything exciting happening on your end, Justin? I was just gonna say the whole boat shooting stuff transitions well to the game that's on beta this weekend. The sea of Thieves. Pirates, right? Yeah, I think Andy had mentioned that. Um, I don't know if you've seen much of it, Ryan, but that game looks pretty interesting. 
I've heard it's rare, right? Like rare's the developer. Yeah. Like this is the first big thing they've done. Cause you guys, you, you guys split it up. I, I mean, it, it's a group thing, right? Like you captain the boat. There's like various roles. Is that yeah. kind of the gist? You can do, you know, solo two people, three people, four people, whatever you want. But yeah, it's basically, you have a pirate ship. You go out and try to find the treasure that you buy. Like you got to buy like treasure map or quest or whatever. And then you go try to find it. And it gives you a brief little description and then you look at the map and try to justify like which island you want to check first, okay. see if it matches and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, so you have to, you know, guide with the compass, and then you have to do the sails, get the wind behind you. There's other pirates out there too doing whatever they bought for quests. So if they see you, they could attack you. They might not. But and are the other pirates? NPCs or are no, there actual players. other people? Really? Yeah, it's like I think the servers are like sixteen people servers, or so, something like that, around sixteen. But so the maps, you know, decent size. Um, I've I've watched quite a few streams because it's a closed beta, and you had to register before December first to get in on it. And I had no idea about the game until like three weeks ago. But yeah, it kind of flew under the. I mean, people I've heard it mentioned, but it doesn't get a lot of like upfront press until recently. It's been talked about more. Yeah, and it was actually number one on Twitch for a few hours. Wow, well, quite a few hours yesterday, and then today, when yeah, when Monster Hunter was having some login issues or something, and then as soon as that was fixed, PSN went down, um, <laughs> and then. Uh, then Monster Hunter took over pretty much right away when it was working again. But well, actually, that's when it Monster Hunter took over because PC and Xbox, I suppose. But it looks like an interesting game. I wish I could have got in on the beta, tested out. But. Yeah, I I think it's kind of. Int- I mean, you've got that hope there that like even though a lot of rare isn't what it used to be, and a lot of those key people have left, that there's enough there to see them put out something kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah, something different. It's it definitely looks like something that I've never seen before, you know. The the style yeah. game. Yeah. That's like the cartoony um kind of, oh, kind of like I guess Fortnite sort of cell shaded ish almost, like the way they wrap the textures and Yep. So it's kind of an interesting looking game. Well that that ties in nicely to another kind of key piece of news that came out this week, and that's that announcement for Xbox Ga- Xbox Game Pass where every exclusive game will be immediately available on launch day with that service kind of incredible. Cause that would include sea of thieves, right? Right. That's the first big one coming out on it. Yeah. And you know, the joke is that Microsoft doesn't have a lot of exclusives, so that's part of it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I think that was my exact response to you. I was like, well, that's nice. I'll get one to two games a year. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Cause, cause I'm a cynical asshole. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there still could be some at the end of the year that's not announced, but we'll see. How much is a Game Pass, though? Like that's that's the thing is it's only nineteen. Is it nine ninety nine a month? Yeah, it's ten bucks a month. So and there's no obligation to do more than a month at a time. So really, I mean, for the price two of games. two Redbox rentals, right? You could you could in theory get out there, complete a game in a month, and you only are out ten bucks. Right, and if if you were going to buy any two of those exclusives. That's cheap. Right. I mean, that's 120 bucks right there for it. So 
I mean, I, I've signed up for it already now and I've just been downloading a bunch of stuff and yeah, they get a lot of stuff on there just to mess around with right now. Um, stuff that I wouldn't normally buy, you know, but it's cool to just have on there. So, I mean, if this thing takes off, this could be the future of gaming because it, it's not necessarily streaming. It's, you know, you actually download it and play it. So. Which has always been the big gripe against PlayStation Now is that you're not downloading, you're streaming, and the performance isn't there. Right, yep. And I think this is kind of indicative of where Xbox wants to go as a as a platform, is I, I don't think they want to be. I mean, they've kind of made that clear, is hardware is not their future. They want to be, you know, games as a, as a service, you know. Right. I mean, you look at Netflix, and it's like there's there's got to be a model out there that is successful for gaming like that and i think that's what they're shooting for right <laughs> they want to be that well yeah if you couple this with the fact that they already have cross-platform like on microsoft pcs and and the xbox platform i mean it just kind of it's it's one step closer to making the box not something you need right i mean what what What's to say that you're not buying Xbox Game Pass on PlayStation Five? You know. Yeah. Well, Sony. But True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although you know, who knows? I mean, if you're just licensing it out as a service, you, you know, know. If, if if it's an app that pushes, but yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> I cringe at the thought of turning my Xbox One back on, but I might give this a shot at some point because is Cuphead on there by chance? No, it's not. That's that's ah, the one that I would like to see eventually. Um, right. There is a lot of 360 stuff. I would say probably at least over half of it is backwards compatible stuff. Right. Even like Xbox ones. Uh, my wife was playing Fusion Frenzy the other night. Uh, <laughs> so I hate that. That is so confusing. Why Microsoft? Yeah. The, the fact that you said Xbox One stuff. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Original. I mean, I was doing a lot of different stuff. I, I fell in love with a game called Skyforce, which you told me you played a bit on mobile. Yeah, I, yep, I like it. I have it on PS3 too, actually. It oh, was yeah. free way back in the day. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I just kind of fell in love with that. So like a game that I would have never played even, I probably wouldn't have never bought it even if it was like $2, you know, but. Although now you're buying it because it's limited run. True, yes. I mean, that's that's it just needs to be done at that point but um oh yeah i think i think what's really gonna like what they'll inevitably do i have a feeling is they'll package xbox live with a discount to xbox you know what i mean like they'll they'll do a bundle where you save 30 percent, and then there will be no excuse not to do this in my mind Yeah. yeah um so that that i think is the next logical step i i i'm probably gonna try this at some point for sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? If you're if you're interested in any exclusive, you know, get, right. get on it. With the EA Access or whatever, back what a couple years ago when that first came out, like that whole setup was nice too. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know if Microsoft maybe got the idea from that, but I yeah, think that's true. EA kind of pioneered. EA yeah. did that with right away on Xbox One. Like yeah, I think Xbox. Xbox needs something like this to kind of grab the attention. Just, yeah, I think it's smart. I mean, it worked. It's it, right. Like I, I bought it, and yeah. now like I'm sitting here booting up my Xbox to play, you know, random games. So, 
Right. That's not something I would have done even earlier this week. I wouldn't even thought about it, you know? Right. Yeah. I could just tra- I could just channel my like eight to $12 of instant regret and like PlayStation flash sales into a monthly subscription to <laughs> Xbox game pass <laughs> or what you say for McDonald's since they changed your menu. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's right. I'm actually saving money now. Thanks, McDonald's. <laughs> and I have Game Pass. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was an interesting uh, interesting couple weeks in gaming, for sure. Some stuff out of just left field. Yeah, for sure. That one could potentially be huge. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> and now we all need to... Uh, Start playing Monster Hunter and stop recording the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. When uh, I downloaded PUBG on Xbox, I had to do an update first for the the actual Xbox. It was a 14.8 gigabyte update. <laughs> for the OS. For that, well, yeah. it's probably like five of them. Oh, my old, Lord. Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, it's been, <laughs> I don't know, a year and a half since I had actually had it hooked up to internet. I accidentally turn it on when I walk by and my shoulder gets too close to it. It's like, yeah, yeah. God dang it. Yeah. I must, I did that the other day too. I didn't realize like I brushed it when I walked by with my pant leg or something and <laughs> it was on. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to look forward to that. I should probably turn mine on. And <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we're going to try something new again, and we're going to switch a couple of our segments around. Uh, If you've been listening to our off weeks, you've noticed that we have a podcast called The Fail Bag, and we felt with uh, kind of the, the new movie segment that we had last week, that maybe it's better to switch them around. That way, the uh, fail bag fits in with the content of this podcast a little bit better. And then on the off weeks, you will have our uh, thoughts about whatever movies that we uh, picked. And uh, I think we're going to head right into this week's fail bag. Then I have uh, Ryan and Justin here to help me answer some questions that were sent to these uh, magazines many years ago. But uh, we're going to answer them as if they are our own, because who knows? They could have been ours, right? Yeah, possible. Yeah. Uh, Let's start with this first one. And I got a couple here from Tips and Tricks, 1995 issue. Uh, I used to, I kind of remember having this. magazine back in the day. I don't know how I ever got this one, but um, Brett from Phoenix says, I'm usually super bored with my games. I can't stand it. I can beat all of them. They're just too easy now. But I read my first issue of Tips and Tricks, and it's great. I'm going to order a subscription. It's the best mag I've ever read in a long time. I like all the codes. They make me even want to play games like The Lion King and Echo, The Tides of Time. I'm going to show show all my friends and give them your number. I want to join the Tips and Tricks Club. 
<laughs> Sounds like something you would join through your neighborhood pimp. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to play Lion King. <laughs> yeah, I mean, already you should want to play Lion King and Echo. They're both good games. You shouldn't need codes. I just don't get why Brett bought this magazine if he's so badass that he can just beat all his games and he's bored with them. How does beating them easier make it more fun? Yeah, it's a little bit uh, contradictory, right? Like he needs codes. He likes enjoys the codes when he can beat them already. Like, come on. Yeah. Poser. <clears throat> Brett, you're full of shit. Yeah, and nobody can beat Echo. I mean, nobody has the patience to beat Echo, I should say. So I think this guy's a lying fool. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think he just wrote in a brag. I'm Brett. I beat all my games. I don't need your tricks. <laughs> but you're so cool. I want to be part of the club. <laughs> yeah. I, I He's that one kid that bragged a lot in, in school, right? And you're just like... No, no, Brett, you can't be part of the club. Yeah. Well, he's he's probably like the kid that's like, yeah, there's a code in like Super Mario Brothers 3 on World 1, 2, where you do this thing and you fly up to magical rainbow land and fly on unicorns. And then, you know, you'd set up a play date with that kid. Be like, okay, I'm coming over after class today. We're going to check it out. Like, oh, I got in trouble. My mom grounded me and took away my Nintendo. That's, <laughs> that's Brett. That's how I envision this kid. Yeah. Full of it. I don't even want to play with them. I'm super bored of them. They're just too easy. Fucking unicorns. I feel like Echo is one of those games that you had to like as a kid, though. Didn't you? I mean, didn't you kind of buy into the hype that Echo was amazing? No. No? I mean, it I looked did. cool. It looked cool. Like, it was something totally different. It wasn't like yeah. a super action game. and it, it was something different, but, oh, boy, I could not stand playing it. It's still the best game about a dolphin. To this day. Oh, man. Okay. There's an Atari 2600 game called Dolphin. You, Yeah, you are a dolphin. I probably would like that that one better than Echo. So there's a DS game called Dolphin, too. Or Dolphin Island. I got really into uh, the Echo reboot on the Dreamcast in college. And then I would get just pissed because like, my douchebag, like... Uh, our mates would like come in and watch me play and they're like hey you still doing you still playing with flipper over there and i just get so mad I'm like it's not fucking flipper it's echo god damn it i don't know why i was like so obsessed with that game i like that one i think i mean just like the 3d space makes a whole lot of difference in that yeah it's 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 something <laughs> <laughs> i never played this game no you probably you're probably better for it yeah and i'm blame brett for making us get on the weird internet rabbit hole of dolphin video games okay i think we we should lay off brett a little bit here um jack from forest ohio says i have a really big problem a friend of mine gave me a code for road rash 2 to get the wild thing 2000 bike and i lost it i know that code was from one of your issues so this is the point i need this code for my stepfather Whenever I go up to Toledo, Ohio, he complains about not having this code. He really wants this code. If you would be so kind as to reprint the Wild Thing 2000 sheet, I would be very happy and might subscribe. I have a feeling this child is was in danger. 
Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Like, his stepdad's going to beat him because he doesn't have the code for Road Rash. It's horrible. <laughs> Clearly yeah. a cry for help. And if it's not, like, your stepdad doesn't have a lot going on when his biggest concern is, like, need that code, man. <laughs> Gotta hang out with this piece of shit stepson. I need this code to make it through the day. Uh, is that a real code? Do I don't we know. know. We should uh, we should give Jack I'd... his code here. Let's find it. Yeah. See, like, uh, man, all these all these things that are solved by the internet. A poor Jack could still be living today if this was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a password for it. Hold up, A yeah. and C on the title screen. You had to write that down, kid. You lost the written instructions for a three-button combination code. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, poor Jack. Okay, let's see. This is from Nintendo Power Issue One Fifty Nine from August Two Thousand Two, and most of these letters are from. Uh, it must be an E three where a lot of GameCube games were kind of announced. So they're talking about, you know, what kind of impressed them, what didn't. And Blade Puffer from the internet. That was, uh, I wonder if he still goes by that uh, online name. We could probably, yeah, we could, we could try and find that. That's um, a sweet handle. He said, I was not impressed with E3 this year. It has too many pointless games in it. Animal Crossing, Beach Spikers, Super Monkey Ball 2. What the hell? That game is not civilized. That's about it. I mean, the other games are cool, especially Super Mario Sunshine. Time to erase some graffiti. He thought Super Mario Sunshine looked cool and Monkey Ball was... That... I, he, he said that Monkey Ball was not civilized, so like... <laughs> well, I mean, they don't wear pants. He's got a point. <laughs> right, right. Rolling around in this nowhere place. Yeah. Right. I just love that that's that was his takedown. It's not civilized like only like a animal would play Super Monkey Ball 2. I feel like there must have been like an E3 demo of like Super Monkey Ball 2 that was somehow like M rated or adults only <laughs> that we didn't get to see. Yeah. You're collecting bananas for what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, what was the beach one? I don't beach spikers. Is that like some kind of, what, what is that? It's a volleyball game. Okay. Well, good thing this guy didn't see dead or alive extreme beach volleyball. That was really <laughs> Talk about a game that's not civilized. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I don't even know if it's a game. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either in those games. It's, it's weird. I play them and like, Turn it on, and within 30 seconds, my pants explode. So I've never actually gotten into the game at all. So seems like Super Monkey Ball would be right up your alley. Then. <laughs> like it's the most not Nintendo ass non Nintendo game. <laughs> like you bought a GameCube and you were expecting like mature stuff. Like I don't know. Right. It has a fucking handle on the back. <laughs> this isn't like a hardcore. <laughs> Although there is that episode of like CSI Miami where 
they made had a mock-up of the GameCube called like the Zen Box or something, and like uh, a victim was murdered with this like GameCube ripoff. And the basically, like the guy grabbed the handle and bashed the other person's face in. <laughs> but when they did that, it stamped, they imprinted the logo of this GameCube onto the victim's head. And that's, how they, that's how they solved it. Like no joke, that's an actual episode. Oh, I need to watch that. That is that is amazing. I just remember like sitting with my college roommate at the time. I was like, oh, that's like the GameCube. He's like. It's a game system and has a handle on it. I'm like, yeah, so does the GameCube. It was literally just the GameCube with like some weird fucking TV made up name on it. It's great. Like CSI, there was so many of them back then that they were just like browsing through like product pages. And they're like, you could kill a guy with this. You could kill a guy with yeah. this. Wow. Okay. On to GamePro, August, 1990. Mike from Southgate, Michigan. Your magazine is the hottest thing in our school, besides Jamie Mills, the hottest girl in school. There are are two things people talk about, Jamie and GamePro. I love your magazine. It gives me all the tips I need. Currently, I own a TurboGrafx-16, and with your tips, I've mastered Blazing Lasers, Pac-Land, China Warrior, Legendary Axe, and Dragon Spirit. Thanks. Wow. He had me up until Pac-Land and China Warrior. Yeah. So now you're like reassessing how, how hot Jamie really is. Right. Like maybe maybe not that cute. Right. <clears throat> Do you suppose he showed this printed ad to Jamie Mills? Yeah. <laughs> and they went to the prom? Uh, probably didn't go that way. If I was a girl, like if, if I had, you know, some sort of any type of self yeah like any type of self esteem i would not want to be seen like oh a magazine is just as good as me i'm 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 a video game magazine well that's a, that's a good point i'm game i'm i'm fucking game pro <laughs> <laughs> not even egm this is insulting <laughs> oh yeah that seems like a weird piece to throw into your letter to a game magazine considering i i highly doubt everybody is talking about both in school but literally yeah. everyone is though i mean it's jamie mills <laughs> man it's, it's jamie mills we should find jamie mills and have her on the podcast she probably didn't age you know the hot girls never age really well now you know she's probably more of like a Sega vision type girl <laughs> yeah she graduated Moved on from GamePro. <clears throat> and our last one here, we're going to go to PSM, issue number 21, May 1999. Kenneth from Los Angeles says, hey, PSM, how's it going over there at the offices? I know you're hard at work and everything, but I have a favor to ask of you. You see, I have this cousin. His name is Jan. Jan has a problem. It all started when I was over at his house and he was doing his homework. Jan's the schoolboy type, so you'll see him with books in his hands everywhere he goes. I suggested we take a break and play some video games or something. And you know what he said? I've got no time for PlayStation because got to finish this homework. Homework? He'd rather do homework than play video games. I knew at this very moment 
that this guy had a very serious problem. So this is where you come in. We've got to somehow get a message across to Jan that life's not all about homework and that in order to live a healthy life, you've got to set aside some time for a little PlayStation. I hate to see poor Jan in his room doing his homework and his unused PlayStation just sitting there collecting dust. It's kind of sad, actually. I don't think there really is any hope for him. If there is one chance he could be helped, I know it's you guys at PSM. Just a little reply in the upcoming issue could change Jan's life forever. Huh. I feel like Jan is uh, a Fortune 500 like company runner at this point who successfully turned a startup in like some <clears throat> Silicon Valley like empire. Yeah, a real piece of shit who has a serious problem is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah a big problem. <laughs> and who who wrote the letter? Kenneth from Los Angeles. Yes. Kenneth. Uh, Kenneth, you should probably do more of your homework. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kenneth is a, still a starving, uh, aspiring screenwriter in LA who buses tables at the Cheesecake Factory while trying to pitch screenplays to celebrity producers as he's walking down the street, I'm sure. All because he had no time for homework and Jan. Jan had no time for PlayStation. Yeah. The real problem is there's no healthy mix here. You you got to balance them. I mean, that's that's the re, real right. key to success here. It's true. You're homeless or you're wealthy. And you can't balance homework and video games to land somewhere in the middle. It's a fact. <laughs> or, you know, the one day that they, you were overplaying with, with your cousin, that was the one day where he actually needed to get some shit done. <laughs> right. <clears throat> also, maybe this guy's like a douche and like, he's always a dick to his cousin when he plays. So Jan's like, no, fuck you, dude. I'm not going to play this shitty game with you while you screw me over and yank out my controller. Well, so I can't, oh. that, that's, that's the kind of guy I think he might be. That's a really good point. I didn't think about it from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You have that asshole friend that just is a dick in all the video games and yeah, you just don't play with him. You come up with excuses. He also has poor hygiene, picks his nose. Maybe, maybe Jan doesn't want that all over his second controller. He doesn't want to yeah. pick your crusty boogers off of that. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Not the homework. Yeah. I, I think Jan, or I think Kenneth needs to take a look in the mirror here. I agree. So did they post anything? What did they say? To, I'm curious. What did PSM say? first sentence is you probably don't want to hear this, <laughs> but it is you, Kenneth, who seems to have a problem. Da, da, da. <laughs> Nailed them, PSM. You have to respect Jan for saying no and sticking to the books. Mastering every one of Paul's combos from Tekken 3 is a worthy goal to achieve. No, it's not. <laughs> But it pales in comparison to study, homework, or your education. I get your point, though, Kenneth. I'm a firm believer in taking time out from the stresses of work, school, and life in general. For me, games are a great outlet. I find that taking breaks away 
always helps me approach my work fresh and inspired and keeps me from burning out. So this is directed at you, Jan. Take a break from the homework occasionally and turn on your PlayStation. Schoolwork is important, but you've got to balance it out with a little fun every once in a while or you'll end up going nuts. Well, that's some solid advice. I mean, that was our advice. Right. Right. I am, I'm glad that, you know, these guys that were sending something back to these guys had our, you know, basically same mindset in mind. What more you know, kids. I like the plate attack. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear this, but it's you. <laughs> yeah. You have the problem. <laughs> you know how people always say it's not me, it's you? Well, it's you. <laughs> Man, that, that's got to suck for Kenneth, though. Like, you write that letter and you're like, okay, so, like something's got to be done. This guy has a problem. I need to reach out somewhere. And then the guy, they're like, no, you're the problem. <laughs> yeah. Kenneth also seems like the type of individual who couldn't remember up CNA at the start menu of Road Rash. <laughs> <laughs> these are the type of people that have problems with that. <laughs> well, I think that's all I got for questions for this episode. Another one in the books, episode 14 done. Yeah. <clears throat> Justin, where, where can people find things about stuff that we do and things on our website, weekendpodcast.com And in the website, you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Also, you can email us too. Get some questions put in. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Maybe the fail bag can actually not come to us through the past at some point with the help of you, the listener. We're, we're still going to make fun of you just as much, but oh, absolutely. But when we do that, just keep in mind the audience. That, I mean, the, the people that are doing that. You don't feel bad about it. And then, as always, be kind. Rewind.